Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. This is episode 43. And again, this semester, we are talking about rest. Hey there, Brooklyn. Hi. How are you? Well, you know, it's <laughs> it's a been a day, but um, God is good and God is with us. And yeah. so we're going to talk about what? We're going to talk about slowing today, mm. which I'm so excited about because this has been such a theme that God has put in my life mm-hmm. these last few weeks. So yeah, yeah. Um, we just want to invite you to get your Bibles out and turn to Luke with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Luke chapter 10, and we're going to be at verse 38. Um, a lot of you probably have read this before, mm-hmm. but we're going to mm-hmm. slow down and read it again. <laughs> so as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Hmm. Every time I read that, I'm always, I just relate so much to Do you feel guilty? Martha, yes, I'm convicted every time. Me too. Yes. (laughs) Darn it. I know. Some of us are doers, and I think we've said before, God is not telling Martha, you are bad. No, yeah. God is not telling her doing things or productivity is bad. But there is truth here, and we want to try and glean it, and especially for those of us who are more like Martha, to just figure out what what is it that Mary was finding and choosing, and why is that better? Uh, so last week, we talked about Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. And I think, you know, this week, as I've been contemplating this um, this passage, I really think that there is a link here. And I think when Jesus says Mary's found the better thing, I think rest is the thing that she is finding. And we've probably all, again, heard so many sermons on this and there's books on this and it's a favorite topic to talk about at women's events and, (laughs) you know, to, to talk about this. But I don't think we often think about the fact that what she's receiving is rest. Right. So, uh, we're, so we're going to talk about slowing down today. And I think let's just start Brooklyn with, with your heart and maybe, because this is something that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. that you've been processing. You feel like God has been speaking to you. 
let's just kind of start with that before we even dig into this passage more. What, um, what has God been speaking to you? What do you feel like prompted that? I mean, I know some of it is just because we're talking about rest right now and you're kind of leaning into that also, but what, what has God been just impressing on your heart lately? Lately, it's really been my to-do lists that I have Mm -hmm. every day, which like you said, productivity Mm -hmm. isn't bad, Mm -hmm. but I was having a hard time getting away from my to-do lists. Like if something were to happen, um, I, and I couldn't get my to-do list done, Mm -hmm. I would be really frustrated Mm -hmm. and feel mad at myself. And like, I was letting God down for not doing everything that day. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we talked about last week, where I was carrying it all on my shoulders when really I should have been working out of the strength of God. And that's what I'm learning now is like rest really is, it's not not doing all the time. Mm -hmm. It's leaning into the strength of God and not your own strength. Mm -hmm. Being willing to, yeah, slow down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and notice. Yeah, I like that leaning. Like, um, I'm just thinking of somebody who's, you know, a football player, they get hurt on the field and then a couple other teammates yeah. come out and they put their arms around him and they like help him hobble off and they help carry his weight. Right. You know, yeah. and that's kind of the image that we had last week of that yoke. It's the same mm-hmm. idea is that we don't have to shoulder it all ourselves and we and resting, slowing down means sometimes that we are relying more on God or we're letting him do more of the work. For me, it has to be an intentional, conscious thing to say, okay, God, (laughs) you have this. Mm -hmm. I don't need to carry this weight because Mm -hmm. you've got it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I'm too busy, I -hmm. don't slow down enough to really speak that to myself and and hear that from God. Right, right. I think um, a piece of that also has to do with, I, (laughs) I think I said in the office, it there is a pride piece again, and oh, yeah. I, it's always going to come back to that. I feel like God has been speaking to me about pride for years now, um, that so much of our sin it is a pride issue. And I think that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And what did Adam and Eve want? They wanted to be like God. And I think that's been our sin stumbling block ever since. We all want to be like God. And so we all just live in this state of trying to be God and trying to carry things that we shouldn't carry and trying to um, trying to be God. And it just, it ekes its way into everything we do. Yeah. It, it really does. A few years ago, I was really, and this is hard. This is hard. Okay. We work at a church. <laughs> we work at a church. So on a Sunday morning, when we're, when we come to worship, I am working. Right. I'm, it's the middle of my work day. And that is a very, very tricky balance for me to find. Um you know, I have to get up and I have to go count people. And then I need to text you <laughs> how many people were in the auditorium and there, you know, and I'm troubleshooting this and troubleshooting that. And my phone is going constantly during worship and it's such a distraction, which is a big piece of this. And that's what Martha was saying. And, um, I just realized a few years ago that it's this God syndrome. It's pride. It's feeling like I have to be working all the time. And um, 
it's a tricky thing. And I have not quite figured out this balance of how we, how we work and worship at the same time as pastors. Um, that's not the same problem that other people have, but tons of people are on their phones. I count attendance every week and I see a lot of phones out. Granted, some of them are in the Bible app. Mm -hmm. Some of them are taking notes. Um, saw a teenager the other week in her, in her phone. And I was like, ah, she's texting somebody. Saw her phone more closely. And she was taking notes on the sermon. I was like, that's super cool. But, um, you know, if we get a text during worship, how often are we checking it? It's this, it's this idea. Um, the passage said Martha was distracted by the big dinner. And so often we don't even rest when we come to worship because we're so distracted by our gadgets. And I think where I was trying to go with all of this is that it goes back to the garden and we want to be like God. And we feel like we're too important to set our phones down. And it's not even just gadgets. I think mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, people can, or okay, I, mm-hmm. me, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I can get so distracted by what my daughter is wearing or mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have arguments on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to let that go. Or just anything where you feel like you need to have this production to go and worship God, which is just right. totally something we've put on ourselves. Right. Um, so on just really quick on Sunday night, I let Quinn wear pajamas to worship night because I was like, okay, we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to come to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it is hard and there is so many distractions. Right. Right. So busyness. Yeah. Probably the biggest distraction. I think so. I think our society worships busyness. We um, laud it. We think that it's good that being busy, getting your kids in all of the activities and doing all the things and saying no is hard. Boundaries are hard. And so busyness, yes, is a big, is a big, big issue. And, um, you know, I read, uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry Mm -hmm. by John Mark Comer, and he said in there, he's actually talking about something that Corey Tenboom said, but he says, Corey Tenboom once said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Her logic is sound. Both sin and busyness have this exact same effect. They cut off our connection to God, to other people, and even to our own souls. It's so true, though. <laughs> and I just, I had read this before, but connection to God first, so mm-hmm. that, yes. You're mm-hmm. so busy, you don't stop and notice him. Mm-hmm. And then to other people, if you think about being busy, getting your kids out the door, I know you say this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can get so focused on like, get your shoes tied. Come on, let's mm-hmm. go, let's go. And you're not being loving mm-hmm. to your child mm-hmm. or your husband or whoever. Right. And then even to our own soul, so you don't stop and take inventory of what is going on in you. Yeah. yeah. So true. We're too busy and everything in our lives has become scheduled and we run from one thing on the schedule to the next. And um, you you said you had listened to a podcast. Was it Jenny Allen and Katie Majors? Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> Katie um, Davis Majors. Katie Davis Majors, um, who, if you haven't read Kisses for Katie, mm-hmm. read that book. It is life-changing. Yes. Um, I actually have, did you know, I have art in my house that I made after reading that book. I didn't know that. But yeah. no, it really did. It yeah. changed my perspective. Like so many, so many quotes in that book that just 
change. Like the one I keep thinking about is I will stop for the one. And, um, and that's what this is about is that, you know, if he can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. So I think so often, right. Our schedules just get over crammed over full. And then we live by the schedule and then we don't allow room for the Holy spirit. And not only do we not take it, but if we do take it, it's totally scheduled. And it's like, okay, I will have 15 minutes for my Bible reading. And then I have to go and do this. And then I have to exercise. And then I have to read the paper. And then, you know, and so we schedule it out so much that we don't really allow for the Holy Spirit to move and speak to us. And I am just as guilty of this as anyone. Um, And in the last few weeks, especially since what happened, the Asbury awakening and what happened there, the, um, the word that I keep hearing in my spirit is linger. And I think that that's, again, what's happening here. That's what Mary is doing. She's lingering in God's presence. She's slowing down. She's not letting the distractions and the busyness and the work, whatever, get in the way of encountering his presence, of resting in him and of, you know, hearing him, listening to him, worshiping him. Um, So busyness, and I think this is what you were talking about, that podcast that you read, busyness keeps us from relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, she said, oh, now I don't remember. I'm reading the book again after listening (laughs) to that podcast. I don't remember if it's the book or the podcast, but Katie said uh, that she wasn't put on this earth to make everything perfect. She was put on this earth to love. And that's something Mm. I keep saying to myself, like when I'm more concerned about the dishes being done. Then my daughter feeling heard, I will say, mm. what were you put here to do? Were mm-hmm. you put here to make sure these dishes got done today? Mm-hmm. And the answer is always no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, think, we can't never do dishes. Right. But, and that's kind but of it's the about balance. Priorities. Yeah. And so if in that moment you are going slow enough mm-hmm. to be able to hear God say, hey, your daughter really does need you to look mm-hmm. at her when she's talking right now. Mm-hmm. There's other times where it's like she's just babbling on. She just wants to mm-hmm. talk because she's five. And I can, if you're slowing down enough, though, you can discern those moments. But if we're so busy and so focused on the task, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I told you in the office, mm-hmm. I think that the steps are to slow and then mm-hmm. to notice mm-hmm. Jesus. And mm-hmm. then he will bring others mm-hmm. to your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... we. We know that that's how Jesus lived too. And Jesus, I don't want to say was a busy guy, but he lived a full life. He had plenty to do, right. He had plenty to do for his three years of ministry. And yet he was never so busy that he didn't notice Mm -hmm. people. Um, And I, again, I think that that key word there in verse 40, Martha was distracted and Jesus did not live distracted by where he was headed or what the next thing on his to-do list was. He was never so distracted by the tasks that he couldn't see the people in front of him. And um, so he, even when he was going somewhere, he was going to heal one of his best friends, right? right? Even when he was on his way to do that, when somebody said, Hey, we need your help. What did he do? He stopped. Mm -hmm. And why? That just, it blows (laughs) my mind because if you think like if, if they were like, Brooklyn, you need to get here mm-hmm. to heal Karen. <laughs> I would just, that would be my, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would get tunnel vision. But right. he knew that God had it under control. Yeah. So he didn't need yeah. 
to hurry. Yeah. And that's, it goes right back to that Garden of Eden, to wanting to be like God and to the fact that we live our lives as if everything is riding on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. Right? We we don't trust that God has it handled. We and does God want to use us sometimes? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we live so focused on our to-dos that we don't even stop long enough to think, but he's in control. He's got this. And he could do it without me. And I'm acting like this is all resting on me. Right. It's just, it is a real perspective shift, I think, from the way that our society works. And that it comes back to, you know, what you were just saying about Quinn, it's people versus tasks. And even sometimes, you know, we would, we could easily say, well, Lazarus is a person too, and he was on his way to heal him. Right. But, um... I think part of it is he's so in tune with the Holy Spirit, right? With God that he knew God's going to use this in another way. And so I can pause here, take care of this other issue before I go and do this miraculous thing of healing Lazarus who had already died. But um, we, we get our eyes fixated on the here and now, on the what is happening in front of me. We get so focused on this is going wrong or I have to do this. And we get so focused on temporary things that we don't stop and look at Jesus. Therefore, we don't hear him in the midst of our hurry, right? So we don't hear, like you're saying, I keep hearing, like, what did I put you here to do? I put you yeah. here to love. And so many of us have probably ignored God saying that to us for so long that we don't even hear it anymore. Well, I know that I did it until I really slowed down mm -hmm. to hear him. Mm -hmm. And throughout the day, I will ask, like, if I feel like I'm not, I will just say, God, I want to hear you. Like, mm -hmm. Where do you want me? Mm -hmm. But you also have to slow down enough to do that because mm -hmm. before I wouldn't have even realized that I hadn't heard from God all day mm -hmm. <laughs> or listened to God all day. Mm -hmm. Um it's just, it all starts with slowing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If we aren't going slow enough, we won't hear. If we're hurrying too much, and that's what that Corey Ten Boom thing, you know, if he can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. It, he will keep you distracted. He will keep you distracted, just like Martha, to where you miss the better thing right in front of you. And is it entirely possible that God has big things for us to do on a regular basis and we're missing them? because we're rushing to check off the next thing on our to-do list. Right. I have learned that it's really hard to slow down in our culture. Oh, yeah. So I told Karen, I'm moving to Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> I and Katie, I said no. every time I read the book, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but it's very countercultural. It feels mm -hmm. like you're pushing I feel like I'm pushing against like the wave mm -hmm. pool. You're going mm -hmm. the wrong way right versus everybody else yeah um but it's definitely worth it right right so when we look just at martha mm -hmm. it says first of all that she was her attitude well she was distracted but then she was worried and upset mm -hmm. and that's what happens when we hurry also okay. when when we get on this task to-do list check things off mentality 
And again, I'm not saying that getting things done is wrong, but when that is our primary focus and tasks trump people and trump listening to God and doing things slow, not only do we become distracted, but then we get worried and upset. And so eventually, and this is where she got, she got resentful Mm -hmm. of her sister. That's... I get there too. We get resentful. So if we're, and that's what you're saying, like it's so hard in our society to slow down. When I see someone who's living slower, sometimes I resent that. I'm like, goodness, it must be nice to have nothing to do right now. Like (laughs) I get a little cranky and sassy. Are you lazy? Right. Like why are you doing nothing? Yeah. Um, And, and of course that is, judgment, which is wrong. I'm not called to judge unless I am perfect in that area, which I am not. Um, But also, I think we've just been so programmed that busy is right and slow is wrong, Mm -hmm. that when we see someone going slower through life, we just resent them. And we don't recognize that maybe they have chosen the better thing like Mary. Like maybe they've chosen to be more restful. Maybe they've chosen a slower pace. Maybe they've chosen to prioritize relationship over busyness, over Can we just look at our kids? I mean, like they didn't, most of them, maybe mm-hmm. some of them, most of them did not come hurrying places right. and I can attest to that every single morning yeah. getting to school oh, it yes. is not a priority to hurry and so we can we program and as adults that. we resent that yeah I resent it we get angry yeah. with our children uh-huh. when they slow us down from yeah. doing what we want to do mm-hmm. and then we teach them that hurry is better yeah. And like you said, this is not everywhere in the world. No. This is, you You know, you were talking about that podcast in Uganda, and people expect you to come late to things uh-huh. because they expect that on your way, walking from wherever you're going to, or from wherever you were to wherever you're going, you're going to encounter people, you're going to stop and talk, and they expect you right. to be late. And I think that's true in a lot of cultures. It is not true in ours. If you are not early, you are late. And we have, like, got this just warped sense of, my schedule is my king. 100%, yes. Ah, like, do we even stop and think about that? And I know that there are some of you listening to this who are ready to push back and fight me on this, right? But if our schedule is our king, Jesus cannot be. We cannot, it's, you know, it's like you can't love both God and money. Our Jesus cannot rule our lives if our schedule rules our lives. In that podcast, she also said, mm. which is basically repeating the podcast, but mm-hmm. she said uh, that our West, she recently had to move back to the United States. Mm. She was talking about how hard it was. Mm-hmm. She said that here in the United States that we value time over relationship, mm. and that is really hard for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's true, and that's what you're talking about is that time mm-hmm. and the schedule and how right. am I going to manage it and be the Lord over my own right. time. Right. That trumps a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, a couple of thoughts. First of all, when we slow down, we're better able to notice mm-hmm. what's going on around us and where God is calling us to be involved or to love someone or to, um, to serve. I think if we, if we clear our schedules a little, if we slow our schedules down, if we don't live so dictated by this meeting, that meeting, then we are better able to 
notice where God's at work and join him on his mission. I told you a few years ago, I read a book and it really talked about this, um, having a plan A, but always being open to God's plan B. And I remember when we read it, the group of ladies and I, we were talking about, and sometimes it's plan C, D, E, F, G. Like (laughs) you feel like you have a plan and then God stops you in your tracks and then you go on to plan B and then that gets thwarted and who knows, you're so derailed by the end of your day. And yet, wouldn't we rather, I feel like we miss the blessing when we don't allow him to disrupt. Yes when we're so distracted by the things we have to do that we don't notice his presence. And that's, you know, Mary and Martha. Martha was so distracted by what she had to do. She didn't notice that the Messiah was in her home. She didn't come to him and enter into rest, which was his invitation. And he's saying, look at what your sister did. I offered, you know, you both have the same offer, time with me. Just come chill, hang out with me. And um, and she missed it. And we do too. We just, if we don't slow down, we don't even notice what Jesus is doing right around us. So one thing that I told you earlier that I struggle with is mm-hmm. when I look at Jesus's life, it was, it was full. Mm-hmm. There was, he was always mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look at when I also look at Katie Davis Majors, mm-hmm. she talks about how slow Uganda is, yet she is mm-hmm. doing things all day long, caring mm-hmm. for sick children and doing mm-hmm. like up all night. Mm-hmm. And yet neither of them are necessarily busy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So can you talk a little bit about the difference? Because productivity isn't bad and doing isn't bad. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Right. But letting it run our lives cool. maybe yeah. as, yeah, it's that same thing. Like if our schedule is our king, Jesus can't be, I think. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what is the distinction between full and busy and how do we figure that out? How do we navigate that and decide like, is my life just full or am I too busy? And so I think one of the, one of the things, and we've hinted around this is the idea of tasks versus people. And are we able to stop? Are we so busy with our tasks that we don't notice people or we're unwilling to stop for people? So if people have become a bother in our lives, then maybe we're too busy. Um, when are, you know, when are, we're getting short with our children (laughs) about, you know, about putting their shoes on too slowly or getting ready too slowly, whatever. And some of that, sure. We just maybe need to line things up better and prepare better the night before and whatever. But that, those are steps that we can take so that in the moment we're not then letting the busy schedule dictate our emotions. So if our schedule is, lording our emotions and how we relate to people, then we've got probably an issue with busyness. I think um, we've talked before and you can go back and find, I don't remember what episode, but we've talked about circles, right? And who is in our circles. And I think that our days, I can have full days caring for the people in my circles you know, and the people that God has called me in my inner circles to care for. But when I start letting 
all these people that are like outside of my circles in the periphery come in and crowd out my time for the people that are in my circles when they've become and I've become preoccupied with taking care of all of their needs, then maybe I'm becoming too busy and it's time to establish better boundaries. Now, this is not saying we never care for people outside of our circles, right? When we see Jesus and he's on his way, walking down the street on his way, I think to go heal somebody, I'm probably saying the wrong thing, but, and the woman with the issue of blood stops and touches him, right? He noticed her. He stopped. He was never too busy to notice someone in need. He stopped. He healed her. But then he didn't sit down and have a conversation with her for the next three hours. He did not say, come follow me and be my disciple. You know, like he healed people all the time. And then they went back to their lives and he didn't keep caring for them. And sometimes when somebody has this need, we bring them in and then we take them along with us. And suddenly our circles have expanded so big. We have so many people we're caring for that that is what makes us too busy. So I think we need to reassess, God, who have you given me? Who am I to be caring for in this season? And then we need to say, if I've got all, you know, these five other people that are demanding a lot of me right now, then again, boundaries are what need to take place. And it's okay for us to say, hey, I'll pray for you. Yesterday, someone came to me. We were in the middle of staff meeting, needing prayer. She messaged me. She just showed up at the church, messaged me. Hey, can you come pray with me? I didn't realize she was here at first. When I realized it, I stepped out of staff meeting. I went and prayed with her. And at the end of that time of prayer, I said, here's a person that would be really good for you to connect with. Also, you have a life group. I think you should reach out to your life group and let them care for you in this current situation. I didn't say, I'm going to now be your person. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to hold your hand and help you through the situation. I reminded her that she's got her own circles that should be caring for her. And so I think that's a really good way for us to distinguish am I too busy is am I caring for a lot of people that aren't in my circles and if so I need to push them back to their people and that can sound so harsh I think the first time I heard it I was like um no we need to care for everyone but you made a really good point all these years ago when we first talked about this and it was that when we are caring for people that God necessarily didn't necessarily put Mm -hmm. in our paths we're doing Mm -hmm. it you know out of Mm -hmm. our own will um we're keeping them from the circles they're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. We're keeping others from caring for them that God intended to. Mm-hmm. So it can sound harsh, but right. God has it handled. It's not all right. on our shoulders, and it goes back to that. Right. We don't need to care for yeah. everybody. Yeah, and just look at Jesus. He was not in close relationship with everyone. He had 12 guys, right. 12 guys that at the end of the day, all these other people went to their homes and he kept hanging out with these guys. He had dinner with these 12 guys. These are the ones that he kept pouring into. So is it okay to stop and care for someone? Yes, but everyone does not become our person, does not become our pet project. And we need to we need to remember that. I think another distinction here between full and busy is always asking, did God call me to do this? Or is this something I'm adding to my plate? I'm adding to my to-do list. And is there someone else who could do this? So often I'm tempted, I know, to just do things because it's easier to just get it done. And just yesterday, my daughter said to me, mom, are you doing too much for the women's retreat? Could you be delegating more? Dang, I hate it when my kids pastor me, you know, (laughs) like, ah, Yes, yes, there is more I could hand away. And so did God call me to do all of these things or am I doing things that someone else could do? And that's, you know, exactly what you were just saying with the circles. 
me doing too much is keeping someone else from using their God-given abilities to share the load, to work together, to contribute, to fulfill their mission and their purpose in this life. And so it again is so often for me, pride, you know, it's me saying, I just need to do it. It'll be easier. No, it's my unwillingness to bring someone else along to let them join the team. And so sometimes it's, did God call me to it? Is there someone else to do it? And sometimes it's even a question of, does it need to be done? I am queen at making things more complicated than they need to be all the time. Well, this will be more fun if we add X, Y, and Z. This will be a better event if we add this, this, and this. Well, could it be stripped down? And is it possible that in stripping things down, then maybe we're allowing more space for the Holy Spirit? And that's what I keep hearing God say with this retreat we're planning right now. You know, do you need all of those games here? Or could we linger after worship? Is it possible that it doesn't need to be done? So I think that's an important question. And then... To me, it's always just, is are there ways to simplify my schedule? So if we're feeling like maybe I am too busy and my life isn't just full, but I'm really busy, are there ways to simplify my schedule? And this is something that God really, really hit home with our family when our kids were much younger. Um, and Kalena was in second grade and started getting plagued by anxiety. I mean, a second grader, she's so little and anxiety was just gripping her. And God at that point said, slow down. Your family's doing too much. And my kids were in multiple activities each. Mm -hmm. And the question was, why? Why? Why am I putting my kids in so many activities? It's because my society says, oh, they'll have a more rounded childhood. Oh, they'll get to try things until they find their thing. Oh, you know, there's a billion excuses mm -hmm. for filling our schedules and filling our kids' schedules. But at the end of the day, the more full schedule, the busier, it was causing anxiety in my children. It was causing stress in my household. And is that what I want my kids to remember of their childhood? Yeah, they got to play 18 sports, but did they ever get to just play in the backyard? Right. Did they ever get to slow down? Did we ever have a night where we ate as a family or were we always like eating meals on the go? And so that we made some really hard decisions as a family. And we decided that our kids each could pick one thing, one thing that was going to be their thing that they were going to focus on. And that's what they did. And so, you know, the girls at that time, both of them, it was dance and Andrew was drumming. He did band and the girls did did dance. Eventually Kalina switched from dance to music and singing. And that was her thing. But we put energy into that one thing and they got to do something. They got to participate in something. Um, but then what ended up happening was my children became very good That's at their one thing. Just thinking, I was thinking, oh my gosh. Yeah. And they're so good at it too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and people always say, oh, for college. Well, guess what? My kids had no trouble getting into college. And the, the administration of the college acknowledges the quality of my children. And I really think it's because they didn't live hurried lives. And I'm so thankful that you shared that. I think you shared it at a parenting conference too. Mm -hmm. And I heard that and I was, and I really made it a mission of mine to mm -hmm. also follow that mm -hmm. uh, because I've seen the fruit of it with your children Yeah. also. Um, yeah. But I think about the people that are already in the middle of doing 15 sports mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and how hard it would be mm -hmm. to stop. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. How weird that's going to look mm -hmm. for them for a oh, second. Oh, absolutely. 
But absolutely, it is. It's countercultural, right? And, and people questioned us. Yeah, right. You're gonna <laughs> have like, people what? say things. Yeah. And You're your kids them are going to maybe fight you back for a second <laughs> if they've been doing it forever because mm-hmm. that's their normal. Mm-hmm. But we stopped watching TV last week. Mm-hmm. This is not the same, but a mm-hmm. real quick example. And I was thinking, goodness, what are we going to do with our time in the evenings? Because we really did watch like uh-huh. a show every night before uh-huh. bed. All of us. And mm-hmm. uh, so Quinn and I made a list of things that we would do mm-hmm. instead. And it was hard the first two days, but mm-hmm. now... We look forward to it, and Quinn's attitude is so much better. And mm. so it's hard, mm-hmm. but you have to keep going because you know that it's good, too. So right, right. Yeah. I just want to encourage those that are Absolutely. already in it. Absolutely. To, we're not yes. meant to be of this world. Right, So right. It's okay to go against right. the grain. Right, and again, it's the very end of this, verse 42, you know, Jesus says— There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. There is something that's more important. There is a way of life that is a better way of life. And, you know, last week we talked about come to me. Are we willing to let Jesus be Lord? Are we willing to let him tell us there's a better way of doing this? There is a better way of living. And so I know you and I, said this next week, and I'm going to encourage you, you know, as you talk with your groups and as you um, go through these questions, the challenge really is, is be willing to press pause. Start with that. Set an alarm on your phone three times a day that makes you pause, even if it's for two minutes, just stop and reorient your heart to Jesus. Pause what you're doing and focus on him again. As I said, we get so focused on the temporal, the things that are around us, that we completely neglect that Jesus is here. He wants relationship with us. He's at work. He wants us to enter into that with us. And he has rest available to us, even in the midst of our busy schedules. So lots to think about this week. Lots to think about. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us. We pray that you have a good week and that you are able to pause a little and watch for what Jesus is doing around you. And as always, we encourage you to keep Keep looking looking above. above.